0: What do we have here? It's another episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. Thanks for being here, everyone. My name is Michael, and I'm going to be your host on today's journey. <laughs> okay, here's a little bit of the uh, the inside scoop. As I record this, it is actually uh, Christmas Eve, and then of course tomorrow's Christmas, and then everybody's got family stuff, and it's all wonderful, and it's freezing cold outside, and I'm like, oof, I got to clear the decks. Then, my friend had a great idea. You know, I didn't want to get jammed up all week and then do this, and I didn't want to, you know, not do a pop podcast. My friend Tim had a great idea. He's like, hey, uh, you should read the first chapter of the book. And I'm like, what? And then I had a dude, I've had a couple people, more than one actually, ask uh, when I'm going to do an audible version of the book. I really don't know. I don't know if it'll ever happen but I thought it would be kind of cool uh, to read chapter one of the book, and that'll be the podcast this week. Ha, 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 ha. So let's do it. Okay, this is uh, neither stunning nor brave and by yours truly, Michael Loftus. You can hear the pages turning. Okay, chapter one. Let me wet my whistle. Let me wet my whistle. Mm. There you go. I don't want to deprive you of any uh, audible uh, fulfillment there. So uh, here we go. Chapter one, neither stunning. And if you bought the book, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for uh, supporting the book and all that great stuff. I do appreciate it. Chapter one, neither stunning nor brave. Read by the author, Michael Loftus. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. That's what my social sensitivity therapist always said I should tell myself. I tried. I really did. For a long time. And while the theory of it made sense, the reality just didn't feel true. Today was a new day, and yet it didn't feel like the first day of anything. It felt more like the next day in an endless string of days that were full of disappointments. Disappointments that included, but weren't limited to, my social sensitivity therapist. That guy was lame with more than a touch of crazy. And he was a total waste of time, but I couldn't quit going to So Sen. Cheryl would go ballistic. And that was about the last thing I needed. Cheryl was my girlfriend and she signed me up for So Sen sessions about a year ago. She, she told me if I didn't go, she'd leave me. So I went, even though I didn't think I needed them at all. Hell, I knew I didn't need them. But everyone has to make sacrifices in relationships, right? The therapy was supposed to make me a better citizen, a better person, a better lover, a better everything uh, by dramatically decreasing my selfish behavior and toxicity. The point of Sosen, as they said in the ads, was to make me more aware of my lack of emotional intelligence and situational awareness when it came to the feelings of others in social, private, and intimate settings. Loosely translated, they were telling me, we think you're a jerk, and we also think you're a dumb jerk everywhere you go. So shut up and take these classes so you can learn more about what a selfish, dumb, toxic jerk You are. The sessions bordered on the insane. Last week, my immersive therapy exercise was to walk into a fast food restaurant and make myself emotionally available by crying in front of the cashier. My therapist would be watching from the parking lot. I wasn't allowed to talk, just cry. He wanted me to have an emotional breakdown in public and rely on strangers to save me. He claimed it was key to me unlocking my sensitivity and getting better emotionally. It did not go well. The place was packed with a line that nearly ran out the door. When I got to the front and was supposed to cry, I couldn't. Beyond being ridiculous, all I could think of was what a horrible inconvenience the little scene would be for everybody standing right behind me. It was going to make a lot of people late. Selfish, right? Thinking about others' needs. So there I stood, not speaking and trying my damnedest to cry. It took forever. I decided not to blink for as long as I could. My thinking was my eyes would eventually produce enough moisture that they would kind of look like tears. A bad call. I probably looked like a panicked fish. A panicked fish who couldn't cry on cue. So selfish, Let's just say no stranger saved me. They did, however, push, shove, and punch me out of the door while calling me some very insensitive names. My therapist was incredibly disappointed. I had failed yet again. He was certain it had something to do with my shocking levels of toxic masculinity. We would have to double down on our treatment of that, he told me. I just nodded and agreed. The whole thing was a nightmare. I was beaten up because I couldn't cry. And that made me selfish, toxic, and an insensitive person, according to him. And I didn't even have the courage to say anything in my own defense because I was afraid of making it worse. Yep, things were bad. But again, I was supposed to remember that today was the first day of the rest of my life. So I pondered whether to dwell on that little nugget of wisdom while looking out the window of my vehicle or whether I should stare at the video screen in front of me so I could escape for a few more minutes before I had to start the first inspection of my shift. I chose to escape. And my timing was perfect. My favorite commercial popped on. Yes, I had a favorite. And it was an ad for Mars. Mars, more than a different planet. It's different you. I mouthed the words along with the sultry voiceover on the video. I knew the entire thing by heart, and I loved it. Mars looked amazing. Now, I knew it was a commercial, so of course they made it look good, but damn, Mars was the place to be. Wide open spaces, clean air, and more trees than I'd ever seen in my life. They had had forests up there, big ones. And that was a key component for the terraforming, I guessed. 50 years ago, some scientists had the idea to bombard Mars with asteroids so that it would melt because they were mostly made of ice. And and it worked. It worked incredibly well. Now they had air, oceans, lakes, rivers, and a boatload of big green trees. Mars had everything. The outposts were thriving. And best of all, Mars had endless possibilities. Something that was in short supply down here. The people in the ad looked so happy, too. Shit, I'd have been happy if I could have gotten away and started over fresh. So I wanted to go. That was the secret dream, anyway. Who cared that it would probably never happen? Going to Mars wasn't something that just anybody could do. I mean, apart from the expense, uh, the companies that did the transportation from Earth were quite selective about who they chose. On top of that, the U.N. was clamping down on passports, so only the elite or well-connected got selected to go live in the new and free life people had up there. The U.N. did all it could to see that the best and brightest who weren't rich or connected stayed put. So us regular bums, well, we just had to tough it out where we always had. Just had to live and work on Earth, even if we were miserable. And I was. I was miserable. I lived... And worked in a shithole. For real. Right after I heard the Mars ad, I drifted off and thought about how desperately bummed out I was about everything. I closed my eyes and started silently listening, listing off all the things that were wrong with my life. The city, my job, my girlfriend, my housing, my persona, that stupid so-sen class. Now, my therapist would say this list was selfish and unproductive or toxic. But screw that guy. Like I said, I was pretty sure he was crazy. Maybe I wouldn't go back tomorrow. I just needed to figure out what to tell Cheryl. Is there something wrong, Avery? Guppy's question broke me out of my daydream. Guppy was the name of my government-issued driverless work vehicle. As a city employee, I was supposed to call it a guvy, but I called mine guppy. It was a teeny, tiny act of rebellion. But right then, that was all I had. Sad, right? Pronouncing Guffy as Guppy. It was a small win, but I took it. Guppy's voice had made me jump just a bit. Not so much from the question, though. I jumped because the sound of the voice still wasn't used to the masculine one. A somewhat irritated and angry one, too, I might add. The AI in the city's work vehicles had always been a woman's voice, very soothing, very calm, but then there was a complaint. One complaint, and everything had to change. A student at New Berkeley College said, the cars are made to serve us, and by using a woman's voice, it reinforces the stereotype that women are subservient, and it perpetuates the forced feminization of inanimate travel objects. She went on and on about how anyone who called a boat, she should be thrown in jail. It was, it was a whole thing. And did anyone care? that in the new Berkeley college girl who had complained had an acute self-diagnosed phobia of autonomous vehicles that kept her from attending classes. Nope. Oh, she also had a severe computer dystopian fear disorder that made online classes a form of mental abuse. She had graduated recently as an incoming freshman at the top of her class without attending a single class or actually enrolling in the school. There was a rumor she was offered a job as the head of child education for the state of Vermont but she was holding out for more money supposedly she couldn't make Vermont work on the 2 million salary the job offered plus her social media presence would have been almost impossible to maintain Long story short, the city government immediately sent out a directive that all government cars had to have their AI voices changed to a male sounding one, even though the pr- programming for Guppy's verbiage was all still female based. My car sounded like an angry, heavy set, middle aged man from Brooklyn doing a horrible impression of a butler. It didn't even have an English accent. An, angli- an angry English butler would have been a vast improvement. And the anger would have at least made a little sense. No, why? I asked Guppy in return. You're at the stop for your first inspection, and yet you have remained sitting here for longer than is necessary, it said. Oh, I, I was just, I was, I was thinking of something. Are you ready to go now? Uh, yes. I, I checked to make sure my phone was in my pocket and grabbed for my bag of tools. Would you need any backup, Avery? I, I don't think so, I told the car. Please advise, yes or no. No, I reflexively shook my head. Uh, There are three San Josisco uh, social welfare cars within 17 blocks of here, if you change your mind, my car continued. Even after all those years, social welfare instead of police department sounded weird. In San Josisco? the name they came up with when they merged all of san francisco with all of san jose in the consolidation act that was even weirder but what can you do it's it's just san Josisco now okay uh thanks think I'll, I'll i'll be okay on this one i was just trying to be helpful my advising you of the available social welfare cars nearby is for your sense of security and non-judgmental well-being there have been 20 events Requiring social welfare services on this block in the last three weeks. All right. uh, Thanks, Guppy. I guess that's good to know. Are the uh, social welfare officers assigned to those cars available right now, or are they otherwise engaged? That information is not available. Of course not. Uh, What were the events? Any of them violent? That information is not available. Perfect. Perfect. I took a quick glance around and decided to go for it. The street looked the same as any other, jacked up. I exited my vehicle from the driver's side. At least the driver's side is what I still called it, even though we didn't drive anymore. Most people didn't anyway. And that was where I always sat when I was the only one in the car. It was a force of habit. As soon as I got out, I, I kicked my way through some cans and other trash. As long as I could remember, the sidewalks in this town were in a constant threat of being completely overrun with garbage. Every once in a while, a good rainstorm would accidentally clean a stretch. But for the most part, it was a daily struggle not to step in some form of absolute filth. Soggy cardboard boxes, fast food wrappers, dog turds, human turds, needles, pamphlets about the dangers of garbage, other pamphlets about the spread of anti-garbage propaganda and how it was all lies. The streets were a mess. If you could throw it away, it was on the streets and the sidewalks. I hopped over a little pile of innocent-looking old reusable shopping bags someone decided to leave by the curb and did a quick jump up on the sidewalk. I immediately had to sidestep around a portion of concrete that someone or a small horse had recently used as a toilet, and wow, they had been eating well. That was a giant turd. My satisfaction with my athletic prowess was short-lived as my left foot stepped directly into a second pile of excrement. Much smaller, though. I told myself that one had to be from a dog and was in no way connected to the king turd that i had just missed. Lucky for me, just down the street was one of the city's roaming robotic civil servants. It was a four-foot-tall cylindrical monstrosity on wheels that had all the charm of a broken shopping cart. And of course, Just like a broken shopping cart, these two featured wheels that screeched like caged rats. The little bots were meant to do all sorts of things, serve as a security presence, provide directions to people, and several other items. One of those other items was that it was supposed to clean up trash and sewage. Cleaning up never happened, though, because those things weren't very good at their jobs. Whoever programmed them had no idea what they were doing. The design was terrible. They were insanely top-heavy and took about 23 hours to charge. And when you tipped one over, it made a sound like a walrus being tickled. An incredibly amusing noise. I definitely tipped over more than my fair share in college. Someone had knocked this one over and now it just lay there on its side. Its little wheels still spinning. Two scantily clad prostitutes or maybe they were city councilmen, impossible to tell, were with it. One stood next to it and the other sat on it. They were arguing with one another about either the price of a microwave burrito or the governor's pink tuxedo. I I wasn't sure, but that's what gave me the impression they might be on city council. I looked up at one of the growing number of fixed cameras in the city, advertised as security cameras, but everyone knew they were really being put in place for the social credit system being implemented throughout the country. This one was secured near the second floor of a communal pod skyscraper. The pods were mostly made up of mismatched, recycled shipping containers covered in brown vines and dying vegetation. I waved at the security camera. At the same time, a drone flew right in front of it. Or rather, the drone sort of wobbled in front of it. "'Eat bugs! Delicious protein!' half-showed on its digital display. Once that thing finished wobbling out of the way, I I waved at the camera again, and then I opened an app on my government phone. Uh, Need a mobile sanitation crew to clean up multiple piles of human feces? In theory, uh, my govy phone and the camera were were linked, and the vocal report I made should have been enough to generate a digital uh, CSJ-1583 form, complete with a photograph of where I stood. That, in turn, should have dispatched the human sanitation crew. But most of the time, like so many other things, that that didn't work. Did that request uh, register, Guppy? I asked. It did not, Avery, my car replied over my phone. Right, I said to myself. Did you step in poo? I did. Big one? Yup. Would you like me to generate a CSJ-1583? That'd be great, Guppy. It seems the system is down and I cannot generate a form now. Would you like me to try again later? Forget it. I thought I might fill out a paper form to request the human sanitation crew when I got back to the office, but I I probably wouldn't. Even when I was feeling inclined to spend time on that burdensome task, I usually didn't bother doing it. After all, there was only a 50-50 chance that the Stone Age method would actually accomplish anything. Remember Mars. This is all you, This is all, so you can go to Mars someday, I told myself. Not wanting to waste any more time, I hobbled over to the downed robot with the city council prostitutes still in the middle of their burrito tuxedo debate. I scraped off my shoes the best I could on the little brush on the bottom of the robot unit that was supposed to be cleaning the sidewalk. As I finished, the hookers came to an agreement. Microwave burritos were indeed overpriced. They still could have been city council members, but for the lack of underwear on the seated one, that led me to the prostitute conclusion. So with that mystery solved, and my shoe now shit-free, I straightened my uniform and headed back to my service call at the spendthrift realtor office. An obese woman in bright in a bright green blouse at the receptionist's desk had a big fake smile on her face. It dropped as soon as she saw me. She breathed heavily. <sighs> Not sure if that was because of me or if it was a, her giant sweaty body's natural state. You guys were just here for an inspection, she icily said. Well, it's... <clears throat> I paused to clear my throat. It's, it's you know, it's been one month. Uh, I know periodic inspections aren't anybody's favorite, but, you know, we, we, we have to do them. <sighs> she sighed. Let me tell my supervisor you're here. You know, you really don't need to trouble them. I know where the restrooms are, and I can get in and out of here without troubling anybody. You may not need her, but she wants to know whenever you're here. Oh, okay, well, I'm just going to start on the first one here, and then while you get her. She mustered all her strength, pushed herself out of her chair with a grunt, and walked away. Each step pounded the floor. I felt the vibrations in the soles of my feet. Hers, of course, wasn't an unusual reaction. Nobody liked toilet paper cops. Officially, I was a post-digestive hygiene product enforcement officer uh, for the city of San Francisco. Uh, Check that. I was was actually promoted at the start of the week. That made me a a PDHPEO2. My job was like any other government job. If, If you showed up and kept your head down, you basically got automatically promoted, and a pay raise. So I guess I I should have been happy to have a job at all. seemed like half the country was unemployed. But as a kid, I really hadn't seen myself as a toilet paper cop. You know, sometimes I didn't even remember how I got to where I was, really. But then I'd I'd think about it and recall that it was all my own fault. I got out of college with a degree in computer science and a mountain of debt, and, and I just panicked took the first job the Department of Employment offered me. Still, my, my job was shit, and I, I didn't like it, but what could I do? The unemployment rate was off the chart, had been for years. There really wasn't anything else available. So I was a toilet paper cop. It, it beat being homeless, probably. I knew where all the restrooms were in this stuffy little joint with its humming fluorescent lights and dust-covered everything, so I headed off to the first one to start my compliance inspections. Wasn't looking forward to the hefty woman getting her supervisor, but at least I didn't have anything to fear from her. Some people at some businesses had the potential of getting out of hand whenever I showed up. It happened to me on multiple occasions, particularly when the uh, ordinance first went into effect, but I knew these guys well enough, and I I knew that while they'd always give me a hard time, uh, it wouldn't go any further than that. That's why I told Guppy I wouldn't need the cops. uh, I mean, the social welfare officers. Spendthrift's restrooms were like every other public restroom. They they stunk like shit and lemon. Yeah, shit and lemon-scented airspray, and and they were a total mess. Years ago, there was an old-timer at work who loved to tell stories about the, the days of men's restrooms and ladies' restrooms. He said things were better back then, easier, you, know, you, you knew what you were in for. Men's restrooms were the stuff of nightmares, and, and ladies' rooms were practically immaculate and filled with the scent of freshly cut roses. Yeah, he, he he died a while back. They made him take a workplace pronoun retraining course, and he had a stroke on the second day. His His final word was bullshit, and then he just dropped dead. He looked like he was smiling. They say his uh, his face froze because of the stroke, but I I legit think he was he was somehow satisfied that he had the last word. So now all public toilets had become pretty much the same, completely gender neutral. There used to be signs on the doors that said "Z" or "her," but uh, people were still accidentally separated by sex. The government exper- uh, experimented with picture signs, only for a little while. Originally, it was a picture of turtles. One turtle was in the shell, those little ladies, and the other had his turtle head poking out yeah, men. And and there was a, a massive lawsuit, and the city ended up paying out over $75 billion uh, to the San Jose uh, Josisco Zoo for defamation of turtle character. An overall bias towards turtles. So so then the city tried silhouettes uh, of two sideways question marks with a, an exclamation point beside them. Uh, and when you stepped inside, you, had, you just had no idea what you were in for. Spendthrift's restrooms were at an acceptable level of stink and messiness. For the most part, uh, the people there managed to get everything that was supposed to go into the toilet into it for uh, the most part. The door of the first uh, restroom, the one on the the ground floor, was slightly ajar. I I pushed it open, and the motion-controlled sensor kicked in. It flooded the water closet with sickly illumination and and lit up in all their glory the the cruddy floor, the gray walls, and a faded print of a ship-at-sea painting. I guarantee every sailor on that ship painting was already dead from the smell, or they were preparing to jump overboard in an attempt to end it all. (laughs) I whipped out my govy phone, pulled a cable out of my tool bag, and hooked everything up to the mandated interface on the toilet paper dispenser. Took some time for the uh, two devices to start talking to one another, but eventually they did. See, that's why my position existed. The ordinance uh, San Josisco enacted five years ago was the same one that mandated that every business in the city have controls placed on toilet paper dispensers. A person who went to the bathroom was legally only allowed to use two squares per visit. My job was to make sure that the interfaces that issued only two squares of paper per visit were working correctly and that no one was tampering with the system and trying to get the dispensers to issue them more toilet paper than was allowed by law. My phone verified that the uh, dispenser interface for the bathroom was working correctly. The reports it was sending to the government over the internet were correct. No one had rigged the dispenser to say people were using only two squares when in actuality they were using more. No one was trying any funny business with them. Good. Loved it when my job was easy. I headed for the second ground floor restroom. The hefty receptionist was coming my way. She thundered down the hall like a wheezy choo-choo train. A taller and much thinner woman with long, dark hair slicked back trailed behind her. Officer, the thin woman said to me, uh, uh, Davies Plot. I, I tapped the name badge on my chest. It's, it's Officer Davy's Plot. Uh, may I speak with you before you continue, she asked. Sure. We had all converged in the cramped, musty hall, and she didn't indicate that we were going to be going anywhere else. Look, I know you're doing your job but you don't have any authority to allow us to have more than just two squares per bathroom visit, she asked. Her face was in my personal space, and I I tilted my head back like a half inch, like straight into the wall. I I do not, but uh, if you use your app, you can make a variance request, which will generate a CSJ five, seven, four, three form. I told her, normally someone will respond uh, to advise you that we have received your request in seven to 10 business days. The hefty woman groaned and rolled her eyes at me. She was even closer to my face and she was still breathing hard too. Like, like just got off the treadmill hard. I tried to ignore it. "Uh, Please come into this room. The tall woman said, she made her way by me and opened the door a few feet away from us. For some reason, Hefty decided to squeeze by me instead of allowing me to go first. Her gigantic body mass and fat rolled over and around me. Kind of gross. I, I said nothing. Skinny shut the door once we were all in the room. I suppose it was a, a conference room since it had a long table and a video display at one end. But it, it, was, it was tight, as could be. Only one light worked correctly. The rest... Tauntingly strobed and buzzed. Just last week, Skinny began, we had a uh, <clears throat> situation here. One of our co workers is pregnant and she had to use the restroom a lot due to her um, condition. And during one of her visits, well, she desperately needed more than just two squares. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, but there's really nothing I could. She ended up having to open the door while she was in there, and she called for one of us, Skinny said. Just like a little kid, Hefty, Hefty's eyes were wide, and they bore into me. She was still doing the hard breathing thing. It, it had to be on purpose at that point. We had to get her anything we could. Skinny told me it was a huge inconvenience and a complete waste of company time. We were going in and out of the other restrooms one by one to get two squares of TP at a time, and that didn't help us much, of course, because the timers on the dispensers. So, we ended up scrambling for anything we could get. As I am sure you can imagine, all of that was just too much. The the girl broke down in tears. It almost took her 20 minutes. To compose herself and stop crying. Again, a huge waste of time, energy, and resources. Simply put, this toilet paper situation was and is completely unacceptable. Horrible, Hefty chimed in between breaths. Look, I, I, uh, I backed up into a chair. It rattled and I stumbled a little bit. Again, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what else I can tell you. Like I said, uh, you could use our app and that, that will generate, uh, a CSJ5743 form and, uh, so we can wait seven to ten days just to see if someone's received it? Hefty asked. The breathing stopped. Quiet filled the room for a moment. I, I, I can't break the law, I said. Uh, uh, the breathing came back with a vengeance. Don't you at least have some extra rolls of toilet paper in your car? Skinny asked. Uh, you're not scheduled for resupply for another two weeks. I told her. I know that. She huffed. But but can't you just give us some under the table so we can have it on hand in case an emergency like that happens again? This this person isn't going to get unpregnant anytime soon. This could go on for months. It's a terrible inconvenience, horrible. Hefty added, uh, "No, no. See, that would that would also be breaking the law." I I, I hate saying that. I understand it's tough, but look, you know, uh, toilet paper is now a controlled substance. I said. They both looked at me. Hefty glared. Skinny's eyes implored. Now, if if you'll excuse me, I quietly told him, "Um, I I have to finish." Checking the rest of the dispensers in, in the rest of the restrooms. I, I have I have other stops to make today, too. Neither one of them moved. So I, I shuffled to the side. I, I hugged the wall and inhaled, but it still wasn't enough to avoid Hefty's hot breath and eyeballs giving me a death glare. So awkward. I couldn't wait to get out of there. The snug hallway seemed rather spacious when I returned to it. I didn't encounter anyone else as, my, as I made my way to the second restroom. What kind of b- bullshit was that? Was I supposed to risk my job and break the law just because of some sob story? And, and what was the deal with Hefty and Skinny trying to intimidate me? I didn't make the toilet paper rules. Sorry if you don't like them. I don't like them either, but I guess we're all stuck now, aren't we? That was the, the talk I sometimes gave when people begged. The, uh, we all hate it, don't blame me talk. Usually it worked. You know, you know why it worked? Because it was true. I didn't make the laws. And I did hate it. So, sorry, everybody. It it wasn't my fault. Was it a bad law? Yes. Should there have been exceptions? Yes. We all knew the rationing was put in place during the Amazon Forest War way back when. and, And we all knew the rationing should have ended when the war did. The paper companies even said they had sustainable production, and we could all wipe our asses with roll after roll. But until the law changed, I told people not to come crying to me. I I needed the job, and and that was the the big finish of my talk. I decided to focus on the task at hand as I made my way to the next bathroom. The the sooner I was out of there, the better. I, I pushed open the squeaking door. It thumped into the wall. This room was somehow smaller than the first one, but then again, space was at a premium everywhere in the city. Stink uh, wound its way up my nose and brought me back outside my head. I reminded myself I had a job to do. The the law was the law, and we couldn't just ignore it. Another partially functioning light flickered on, and I caught a good look at myself from the streaked and speckled mirror hanging over the sink. I was still a toilet paper cop, Not the job I wanted, but it was the job I had. So, screw skinny and hefty. They were probably lying anyway. I set my work bag on the floor and got out my diagnostics kit. I had just plugged the cable into the interface and was waiting for a connection between the system interface and my phone when there was a a knock at the door. Hello? It was a woman's voice, but not skinny or hefty's. Thank God. It had a, a bit of a southern accent. Uh, hygiene production enforcement officer, I'll be out as soon as I can, I answered. Can I come in? Uh, Sure, but you have to not use the facility until I get my count. The door squeaked open and a petite 20-something girl walked in. She had thick glasses on and a business suit that had had seen better days. She was also uh, very pregnant. Hi. She seemed really nervous. Did my boss ask you for more toilet paper? Uh, Yeah, she did. Uh, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. It's, it's the law. If you want to fill out a, uh, a CSJ form for more, uh, I can try to get you one of those. I'm so sorry, she said. I, I wish she hadn't done that. Uh, you're not going to write this up, are you? Um, no, wasn't, wasn't planning on it. People, people always ask. I'm not going to write a report every time. Thank you, she exhaled. I, I just don't want any kind of special treatment. They already wrote me up twice here for dietary infractions, and if anything else happens, I, I don't know what I'd do. They, they wrote you up twice for dietary? You, you look fine. I mean, you know, not fine, but, but pregnant. Pregnantly fine, I quickly regrouped. You look, you know, you look healthy, so congratulations. Thank you. I uh, feel like I'm about to pop. She smiled and pushed up her glasses. They caught me eating candy a couple times. Big Betsy always rats me up. I think you met her. Big girl, Breeze, really hard. Pretty sure, pretty sure I did, I replied. I think she and my other supervisor hate me or something. My my husband lets me use his candy allowance, and I'm sorry I go over by two candy bars a week. That shouldn't be criminal. I'm eight months pregnant. Who cares what I eat? I have cravings, and it's normal. She looked at me like I was supposed to say something. I I I think the uh, Department of Public Health just, just wants to make sure you're making good decisions, I halfway mumbled. Well, your stupid co-worker shouldn't be able to write you up for it and then ask the toilet paper cop for more paper just to make it look like they're doing something nice when they just want you to get reported so you'll get fired. Her eyes reddened. I can't help it. I've never had a baby before. I didn't know I'd eat like a crazy person and have to pee all the time. I get so damn emotional... She fought to keep the tears behind the dam, but she was losing the battle. It, 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 it's gonna be okay. It was the only thing I could come up with. I, I felt bad for her. She seemed nice. And there she was, trying not to sob in front of a total stranger. I hope so. She wiped away a tear. Yeah, it will be. I'll be I'll be fine. I, I'll put in for a transfer after the baby and get away from here. And until then, I'll, I'll figure out the bathroom thing. Maybe I'll... Bring in some socks or something. I'm sorry, that was gross. Just don't write a report, okay? She meant it. She was worried. Promise? I I, I won't. I I promise. Thanks. She started to leave and then turned back. Who, Who knows? Maybe my husband wins the lottery and we move to Mars, right? She flashed me a forced smile and left. I stood there and took it all in. That poor girl. Worried about getting fired for eating candy and going to the bathroom. I was messed up. And the Mars thing that really hit home. Is is that how I sounded when I brought up trying to go? It was all kind of sad. It it wasn't the way things were supposed to work. Suddenly, my, my hands moved on their own, and the next thing I knew I had unlocked and removed the covering from the toilet paper dispenser interface. Even in high school, I wasn't a rebel. Doing something like I was about to do was completely new to me. But, but my, my hands just kept moving and I hooked up the phone to the, the guts exposed interface. It was simple enough to tweak, you know, for a guy who knew how to write code. And, and indeed, it was all super easy. I just wrote a new local program for the dispenser. It was a, it was a single line that I changed to have it count two sheets as one. So it'll automatically dispense four sheets of toilet paper, but continue sending internet reports claiming it was only dispensing two. The inspection app on my phone would continue reporting that was just dispensing two as well. Sweet. Everything went off without a hitch. I had the entire dispenser interface reassembled in under a minute. It felt great. I would probably just have to, you know, switch it back in a month after that girl had her baby. No one would ever know. This was perfect. I just had to let Candy Bar Bar Girl know. I really should have asked her what her name was. I I grabbed my gear and headed out to the lobby. All right, I'm finished, I told Hefty. I almost called her Betsy, but I I had no idea if that was really her name or if it was something the Candy Bar Girl made up so so Big Betsy would have a ring to it. "Uh, Fine, looking forward to seeing you next month, she bitterly replied between wheezes. Right, I stood there like an idiot. My eyes scanned the office for pregnant Candy Girl. Big Betsy breathed like a bull. Her eyes bore a hole in my skull. Is there anything else? She asked between giant breaths. Um, not really. And then I spotted her. Candy Girl entered the lobby. Uh, we're we're all set. I'll see you next month. I faked a smile and went to intercept Candy. Uh note to self do not call her candy to her face that would be awful i thought hey i nonchalantly walked up to her oh hey she was a little nervous uh, can i help you i kept my voice low and tried to remain casual the uh issue with the dispenser in the small bathroom has been fixed i uh i think you'll be happy what what are you talking about she looked around Big Betsy was pretending not to watch, but she was definitely taking it all in. So I decided to use code. The uh, toilet paper dispenser was malfunctioning. It's It's been malfunctioning for two weeks now, but I fixed it. The next time you go in, it'll work great, much better, and it will work for at least four weeks. I don't get it, she whispered. in, in instead, of, instead of two weeks, I held up two fingers. I fixed it for four. I held up four fingers. Oh! She turned her back to Big Betsy. You didn't have to do that, and thank you so much. That is super sweet. Now my husband won't have a bunch of missing socks. (laughs) She quietly giggled and genuinely smiled, then quickly caught herself. You're not going to get in trouble, are you? I smiled back. Nope, not at all. They'll They'll never know. I do this all the time. I lied. Congratulations on the baby. Maybe I'll uh, I'll see you at on Mars. Candy grinned at me as I turned to leave. I I went to give Big Betsy a big wave goodbye, but she wasn't even looking up. She had her face buried in her phone. Hopefully, she was ordering a new inhaler. She needed one. No one should breathe like she did. Have a good day. I tipped my cap. The stale air of the threat the spendthrift realtor gave way to the stale air of. The San Josisco Outdoors. My chest stuck out a little farther than normal. I carefully walked around all the sewage on the sidewalk. The two prostitutes, or or city councilmen, were arguing again. The overturned robot still served as a bench. I walked to the driver's side door and heard Guppy automatically unlock it. I yanked on the handle and hopped into it. Hey, let's get back to the office. I gotta do some stuff there before we make our next inspections.
1: "'We're on our way,'
0: Guppy said. "'The turn signal activated "'and the electric car pulled away from the curb. "'It effortlessly merged onto the packed street. "'Seconds later, it pulled back to the curb. Uh, what, "'What's going on, Guppy?' "'Please exit the car, Avery.' "'What?' "'I'm sorry,' Guppy said.' Please place your government phone, your uniform hat, your uniform blouse, and any other government-issued items on the passenger seat, and then exit the car. You no longer work for the city of San Francisco. You're fired. Uh, f- fired? For, for, for what? Fired for illegally reprogramming the spendthrift Realtor toilet paper dispenser to issue four sheets of toilet paper instead of two, Guppy advised me. My jaw dropped open. W- what? I, I was certain I had been perfect. I'd I, I been careful with the TP dispenser interface. I'd been careful with the app on the phone. The system couldn't have detected it. I, I programmed everything correctly to cover my tracks. That's, that's a mistake, I told Gubby. The video display on the dashboard immediately lit up. Instead of two, I heard and watched myself say, I fixed it to four. At first, I didn't get it. And then the weird angle of the video struck me big Betsy that heavy breathing whore how did she do that so fast holy crap this couldn't be happening this wasn't real maybe I'll see you on Mars the report the recording of me finished saying and I looked like a pervert that's wrong that that must be a deep fake I argued I and the other AI analyzed it Guppy replies it is authentic you committed an automatic firing offense. Your former supervisors have been notified electronically as well. Please relinquish the necessary items and exit the vehicle. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, reboot, Guppy. I, I, I think you might be malfunctioning. So go, go ahead and, and, and power down. I was going into shock. Reboot request denied. Please relinquish the necessary items and exit the vehicle. Reboot, Guppy. Authorization... Alpha zero 01. Reboot request denied. Please recl- re- relinquish the necessary items and exit the vehicle. Panic was setting in. So, of course, I chose to get loud. Reboot. Authorization. Alpha. Is this an attempted hack? If this is indeed an attempted hack, I will call social welfare. Don't think I won't. Now, for the last time, please relinquish. I know, I know, I'm doing it. I, I should I should break your wipers cuz they suck. It wasn't much of an insult but it was it was all I had in the moment. That would be another poor decision Avery. As a reminder, your firing has already horribly damaged your social credit score. Committing another offense would be even worse for you. I threw my government phone and uniform hat on the passenger seat. My uniform blouse came off next and then some sundry items. Yes. I had sundry items. Thanks for leaving me my shoes and pants. I climbed out of the car. The government will send you a shipping box for you to return those to us. Please have them cleaned and ready to go. Guppy replied. I slammed the car door shut and Guppy calmly drove away. The stupid car left me by the curb in a t-shirt and the bottom half of my old uniform. I looked like an idiot and felt like an even bigger one. I'd lost my job and ruined my life all over two extra pieces of toilet paper. Ooh, what happens next in chapter two? I'm excited. That's the first time I've ever tried to do something like that. I hope you guys dug it. Maybe I'll do chapter two at some point. Or maybe I will just wish you all a very happy holiday. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and all of that wonderful stuff. And thank you so much for being here for the Loftus Party podcast, the Party.com, the Loftus Party YouTube channel, all of the above. You're fantastic. I hope you had a wonderful time. This was fun.